everything that I do is some combination of healing, learning, creating, and loving. Those seem to me the important things. Hello, and welcome to this new podcast, Feng Shui, The Real Thing, with me, Zoe Vita James, and my co-host, Richard Ashworth. Together, we have over 30 years' experience as classical feng shui practitioners, and with this new podcast, we'll be taking you into the wonderful world, art, and science of authentic feng shui, the real thing. You'll hear and learn how to fold it into your own lives and homes to support and enhance your wealth, health, and relationships throughout this year and beyond. In this first episode, we'll be talking all about the energy of the new year of the Wood Dragon 2024 how best to ride it and where to be. We'll also be sharing a few stories of our own to inspire, intrigue, and welcome you into this amazing space of classical feng shui. We hope you enjoy. Lovely to be with you here, Richard. First up, are you sitting in one of your favourable orientations? Well, yeah, as it happens, I'm sitting facing in, in a direction that is appropriate for today. Classical Chinese feng shui is built around the idea that everybody, everything is affected by orientation, by location, by heat, by light, by dampness, and so on and so forth. Whether we're talking about you, me, the Eiffel Tower, or digestive biscuits, that and 3,000 years of calculation and speculation is what has brought us to 21st century Chinese classical feng shui. So yes, I'm facing the best I can be for today. Perfect. And me too. We've just had a conversation before we set up about where we will both be orientated. And we will touch on this and similar matters in this podcast and in future episodes to come about what it all means and how we will bring it to our lives powerfully and with ease. Today, we will be talking about the new year of the Wood Dragon 2024, which opens in early February. We will cover the I like the way you said early February. So what you're doing is spanning the various calculations for the Chinese New Year, which of course is accurate because everybody reckons the Chinese New Year is February the 4th, except the Chinese who inconveniently keep moving it around. The other thing to mention is by some calculations, some would say we are already in the year of the Wood Dragon. Yeah, well, we're recording in January, the month of the ox, which is generally pretty sleepy. It's a good time to make those changes. When the tiger kicks in in February, things start to move. We'll cover what the vibe of this year is going to be like. We'll cover how 2024 will likely affect you for each of the 12 zodiac animals. We will talk about how the year will affect the space that you live and work in. And what you can do about it. And then, Richard, you'd like to touch on the hexagram of the year as well. Yep, if we get to that from the Book of Changes. Which gives another angle of the vibe of the year and what to do with it. Before we get started, I think we should briefly touch on what classical feng shui is and why we both work in it. And I was reflecting on this last night as I was on the tube in London, journeying back home. And I thought, actually, the, a really powerful way of looking at it is examples, stories from my own client visits. And relatively recently, I had a really powerful conversation with a client, the lovely lady who told me that she'd recently moved into an exciting new home in London and we looked at her floor plan. I could see that the northwest of her area was missing, which often means absent father. And that was something I asked her about. She confirmed that, yes, at the same time that she had moved into 
that house, her father had emigrated far away from the UK to Australia, and that was painful for her. I share this because there's so much that we can tell about people from their spaces. So our job, and I'm sure Richard, you agree, is to be able to see those things and then to heal it. Yeah, well, classical Chinese feng shui is a combination of calculation, obeying fixed rules, which are generally not accepted this side of the world, but there are actually rules. But a combination of that and what you might call divining, which is paying attention to what the universe is telling us. So when you have someone, for instance, having a problem in the Northwest, which is traditionally the area of the father, what we're not necessarily saying is that if you have a broken television in the Northwest, that means you've got a broken father in the West. What it does mean is that perhaps by looking closely at that position and what's going wrong in that position and relating it to the traditional meaning of it, you may get some insight into what's happening in the rest of your world. It is more as if decisions are being made simultaneously than if that one thing is causing the other. You don't have to suspend disbelief too far to follow that idea and make use of it. Yeah. And it doesn't always mean about the father. There are other things the Northwest means. Should we just touch on quickly, very briefly, what our raison d'etre is personally for working with feng shui? I know for me, and I think this is very much yours as well, Richard, it's really to help people to create spaces to make their dreams come true and to heal relationships and heartbreaks. I aim to leave people healthier, wealthier and wiser than I found them. I have some clients who I'm talking to next week who I've been working with for 10, 15 years who are in the water business. And by the way, it wouldn't take a genius to realise that in the current ecological situation, being in the business of water is clearly a growth area. And their business is built from thousands of turnover to millions of turnover while we've been working together. That may have something to do with them being very creative and hardworking people, by the way. But when I first looked at their house, there was a very obvious flaw that was identifiable using very simple Chinese models. There was one thing that was wrong with their house that we changed and things started to move. As we worked with it, we did more obscure and more precise things. But the fact that a particular area was missing and the house was on a particular orientation was the first domino that fell, if you like. And I'm guessing for them, and I don't know your client, but I'm guessing the North was something important for them in the water business. Yes, that's right. Let's get started. Okay. The new year, 2024. The Wood Dragon. The Wood Dragon. So what do you make of it, Zoe? Well, I like to sum it up in maybe not five words, but five phrases. I see it as a time of big change, being a bit maverick, potentially quite tumultuous. Some internal conflicts to navigate are very likely. Magical creativity by kind of wiggling your nose and making things happen without too much planning. And also, which is very dragon-like, is it's a time for healing. Yes, the dragon's transformational. So yes, all of that. The dragon in the Chinese ideograph, the dragon and the storm cloud are very related characters. The dragon represents that point where the storm is about to break. It's that point when there is a tsunami. If you watch films of the, was it 1999 tsunami? There's a point where the sea goes back just a little too far and you know it's wrong and there's going to be a colossal pushback. That's what the dragon is like. And if we're talking about individual lives, expect change. Whoever you are, this is a changing time. That may be uncomfortable and that may not be uncomfortable, but in the conflicts that are in the world, they're going to get worse before they get better. 
There may be resolution to some of those towards the end of the year, but there will be some drastic changes in that regard coming up quite soon. A dragon throws everything up in the air. It's also what's called a three-year. That's another way of calculating the energy. And three is yang wood, which is mischievous. It's like a kind of a puppyish kind of energy. So in your own life, in international affairs, in politics, in show business, this is a year of a shake-up. Shall we move on to what it really means for you as an individual, as a listener, based on your animal? Yes. If the idea that there are only 12 different types of future sounds fatuous to you, that's not what you're being asked to subscribe to. Your Bazi, which is your Chinese horoscope, consists of four or indeed five of what are called pillars, four or indeed five different animals, all of which will be affected in a different way this year. The kind of cocktail of those for each person is different. Today, we're only going to talk about the year animal because this is a short podcast, but over the next dozen or so, we will talk about the impact of being born in a dragon month, for instance, or a rat day, for instance, or a rabbit hour. The year does a lot of heavy lifting, so this will tend to give you a pretty good idea of the overall feel of your year. Perhaps we'll talk about the animals one by one. Yeah, let's do that. I'm thinking let's start off with the favoured ones. All right, so where do you want to start then? Pig? Oh, pig's interesting. Many Chinese masters do think that the pig is the luckiest this year. And it's up for interpretation that. I think it's definitely a year of opportunity. There is opportunity to exploit this year. There are many avenues available to express their creativity. The thing about pigs is pigs need to learn to not do it alone and to build their support network around them. Pigs are multi-talented very often, very versatile, very poor at asking for help. So the advice for the pig, for whom it's likely that big projects are going to take off this year, that's what the astrology suggests, but they need to make sure they have a support group to make sure that there are people there to help them when they are not as organised as they might be, or when there is too much for them to do. Another exciting year, I think, is probably for the rooster. You're in charge this year if you are a rooster, if you have a rooster in your year, because you are the most influential. You have influence over the year. And roosters are often great businessmen, businesswomen. They will need to learn this year to wield that power with benevolence. Yeah, they have an eye for detail and a flair for making things look the way they ought to, good at proportion and exactitude, tend to have a short attention span. So for the rooster, the advice might be to keep your attention on the things that matter, not move on to the next thing. Another animal with their power behind them is the rat. Maybe considered one of the most fortunate animals are about communication. And this year is going to be a year of discussion opportunities for wealth creation by staying open and being open to change. Rats can blurt in a year like this because the dragon, the monkey and the rat make water together. So the rat is already water. Water is communication and talking. The danger is of too much of that. The rat needs to know how far to express themselves to go to the point where they've made their point and no further. Because the rat is incredibly persuasive. They want to say exactly what they mean and not something they didn't mean. And by the way, rats, if you're born in 1948, 1960, 1972, 1984, 1996, 2008, and also if you were born in the month of the rat or the day of the rat or the hour of the rat, which we will not go into today, if you were born in 1944, 56, 68, 
not as favoured as some astrologers have suggested, because there is so much water being created, so much communication, and the monkey is really good at short bursts of communication. The monkey is your best friend for 20 minutes and then wants to move on. This year, the monkey needs to be open to emotional disclosure. Unlike the rat, the monkey needs to talk more about themselves rather than less. And intimate relationships and lasting relationships depend upon that kind of disclosure. And that's the particular lesson for the monkey this year. Next up, the tiger. If you were born in 1950, 62, 74, 86, 98, or 2010, you are a tiger. Powerful year for you too, if you're a yes. tiger. And actually, I have a couple of tiger clients. It's uncanny how true this is. The thing for a tiger is you've been very likely working on a long-term project and putting your heart and soul into it. And this is the year to stick with it because it will come through. And there are obstacles for the tiger. Tiger typically is fierce and ambitious. Tiger never forgets. Do not cross a tiger because they will remember. Do do them a favour because they will remember too. But it's going to be a very demanding year, but a really powerful year for tigers. And that will run into 2025 as well. Tigers may find difficulty, particularly in the monkey month of August, but probably the last three or four months will be very, very powerful. They'll see that what they've been aiming at clearly within their grasp by then. And then the sheep this year, very much in demand. Yes, and the sheep wants to be in demand. The sheep is a sheep. The sheep wants to be in a herd. They want to belong. For this year, the sheep, who is the most sensitive, if you like, the most idealistic, the most gentle very often, needs to be less desperate to be involved, less desperate to be included, to be more aware that it is their job to include people rather than to be included. The sheep has this ability to be up with fashion, up with a zeitgeist. So, for instance, the Rolling Stones touring this year in their Keith Richards and Mick Rogers' 81st year, the very good example of how the sheep is doing their best to be up to date. Dragon. You are technically poked this year and you would have been born in 1952, 64, 76, 88 and 2000. So what we said about the dragon year applies to the dragon. This is a very powerful and constructive year for the dragon, but expect it to be turbulent. The dragon needs to step up. The dragon needs to be a leader. There is no hiding place for dragons this year. And I think what's very helpful for a dragon to concentrate on is that in stepping up, it's stepping up and outwards rather than being introspective, supporting others. Yeah. It's healing if that's your business. Well, dragons think that introspection is how healing is done. It isn't. Dragons need to get their attention out. Dragons are naturally healers and teachers, which involves being concerned with other people's egos rather than their own. Yes, exactly. And that's a dragon speaking, by the way. <laughs> then we have the snake, who's like a mini dragon. They are the apprentice to the dragon. And you are therefore kind of in helpful cooperation with this year of the dragon. You are a snake if you were born in the year... 1953, 65, 77, 89, 2001. And the thing about the snake this year is the snake is a natural student. Snake tends to have terrific memory, good academic gifts... And in the year of the dragon, they find their teacher. If you're studying, studies will tend to go well. If you are looking for a teacher, they will tend to turn up, most likely probably April or August. But it's a year of study and learning. The horse, for whom it's a year of mixed blessings. I, and your horse, see. if you're born in 1954, <laughs> 1966, 1978, 1990, 2002. 
there are certain stars attached to the horse this year astrologically that indicates their focus on their most intimate relationships so romance is an area to be really conscious of if you are a horse the horse tends to be hasty tends not to plan ahead the horse is passionate and spontaneous that's the positive side of that but this year the horse needs to have a plan in order to have their objectives turn out they need to have a clear plan which often is not what horses are great at Coming back to the romance side for a horse, you need to be conscious this year of expressing reservations that you may have in your relationship. They need to come out with a full heart and with sincerity. That's important stuff. If you're an ox. The relationship between ox and dragon is a breakup. Yeah. So if you were born in 1949, 61, 73, 85... 97, 2009, you are an ox in terms of your year animal. Technically, the relationship between a dragon and an ox is a breakup. That means it may not be, we're not necessarily talking about relationships. We may be talking about work. We may even be talking about where you live. But there is something about to move in that regard. And if you know already in your guts what that is, now would be the time to consider it because that is liable to come to a head during this year. The ox, again, is very sensitive. The ox sticks to things. The ox is loyal, consistent, those kinds of things, fertile. The other side of being loyal and consistent is being stubborn and sometimes blinkered. The ox needs to be aware of what the forces might be that might lead to some form of a breakup here, which is not necessarily a bad thing, by the way. But if you know something about it already, you probably need to start being realistic. And remembering that astrology is only one third of the pie, shall we say, of energy. Nothing's written in stone. Nothing is written in stone. It's all about choice. Yeah, you always have choice. It's just as powerful as astrology. Being aware of your astrology helps you to be very clear of the choices you want to make. Then we move on to the dog. You very much need to learn to be flexible this year. This is a year of big learning in that way. Because... Dragon of the year, we've talked about being all about sudden change. Dogs tend to not like change that much at all, even. <laughs> They'll need to learn to embrace it and go with the flow as it's resistance like the is even more so. Yeah. The dog is directly opposed by the dragon and the dog is consistent, loyal, those kinds of things. You might say obstinate. They need to get flexible. And you are a dog if you're born in 1946, 1958, 1970, 1982, 1994, 2006. And then last but not least, the rabbit. We have just emerged from a year of a rabbit. We have. And rabbits likewise will need to learn, let go and let things be a bit messy this year. Well, the rabbit is the spring animal. You know, we have March hares and, you know, all that kind of caper. The rabbit is generally domestic. The rabbit can be romantic. The rabbit is creative in a subtle kind of a way. The one-liner about the rabbit and the dragon is the dragon is said to lose money when the rabbit appears. For the rabbit, what that means is, firstly, it is probably a good year romantically, especially for male rabbits. And secondly, it means that if you need to dig into resources or you need to find financing, that should be a rich seam for the rabbit during 2024. Let's talk about feng shui. Yes. So in addition to it being a dragon year, it's also a year with a three in the middle of what's called the magic square, which I'm sure you're familiar with. What that means is the three rules the year, if you like, and makes it kind of turbulent. Which means it's in actually the centre of your home as well. Yes, exactly. So the centre of your home, you may find, is turbulent as well. This kind of energy may apply to that. Back in the day, 
I mean, before COVID, it all got very complicated. I would go to Southeast Asia for the Grand Masters Conference each year around November. I would tend to stay at a hotel on Temple Street, which is the one bit of Singapore city that is not high rise. If you travel from there, you'll go to the metro at Temple. And there are newsstands there, which at that time of year have loads of leaflets, pamphlets, booklets, whatever, written by the various feng shui masters telling you what's going to be coming up in the following year. And as a feng shui train spotter, I would tend to pick up all of them because I find Mm. them fascinating. But what I found over time was they tended to disagree. But if you look closely, they agree on certain things. So what we're going to talk about now is what all feng shui masters agree on. Then we might give you a little bit more information. We're going to talk about which areas are particularly tricky in your space, and you measure it from the middle of your space, from what's called the Tai Chi. You can use a compass to do that, and which we can make particular use of. Feng Shui is very personalised. It's personalised to your Bazi chart, your birth chart, but it's also about the house. The way that the energy travels in a house will be very much dependent on its exact orientation and the year the house was born, constructed, as it were. But there are key things that is relevant for everybody to be aware of, see if they can incorporate this into their spaces this year. Well, the things that you can correct and the things you can exploit. Let's start with things to correct. There is something called the Tai Sui, the great energy, which is like a great gust of gale of wind, which comes from a different direction each year. Last year, it was coming from due east. And I was having a conversation with someone just this week who had been struggling with wealth coming in. No idea why. Was very bamboozled by it. And we discovered that her house was facing that direction. It was in confrontation. So facing the Tai Sui is Mm. like facing a gale. Yeah. Yeah. Had we known, then we could have done something maybe to help ease that. And and where is it this year? So this year, it's coming from the southeast one. Around 130 degrees south. Thanks, Richard. With this energy, irrespective of your house orientation, the advice is to not be facing that direction for any long period of time. So if you find that you're watching TV, you're facing southeast, you are in effect putting yourself in the teeth of a gale. And that is inviting conflict, confrontation into your life. Just switch your things around slightly so you're not facing that way. And get clear that it is about the orientation, not the location. It's perfectly okay to be in the southeast. It is not helpful to be facing the southeast. That distinction is something that is often not made clear. That is very relevant for your desk, your home office. One of the key things we do when we look at people's homes is, are they sleeping in a healthy way for them? And what's their area that they're working? Because these are the two areas in the house that you spend the most time in. So if you ask the question, what is the most powerful, simple thing someone could do? Would it be something like that? Yeah, I would be like, make sure you are not facing the southeast one when you're working. And then I'll be looking at what is your personal great favoured directions. And I'll try and get you set up that way. So put simply, orient yourself in your best directions Yeah, would be a very simple, very inexpensive, straightforward piece of advice, which is very easy to work out. I actually have worked in a couple of castles. I've worked in some quite big houses. I've worked in just two castles, one in Scotland and one in Wiltshire. And in both cases, they had turrets, which are circular. And we didn't actually go through with it in either case, but we talked about customizing the furniture so they could always move it around to the right orientation, which is something I have in mind. The next time, if you've got a castle out there, let me know and we'll we'll see what we can do with it. And have a circular bed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all those things. (laughs) To not have your head, your pillow facing that direction when you're sleeping. 
So having your head in that direction is the same as facing it when you're asleep. The point being that what's called the mountain star is behind you and what's called the water star is in front of you. And when you're sleeping, the mountain star, which is about health and recuperation, is the one you need to respect. The other area to be mindful of is the West, that this year holds the annual five yellow star. I like, Richard, how you describe the five as a nuclear power station, because it's an area that probably you don't want to be sitting on and therefore locating in. Unlike the Tysway, the five is one that you might face because there is power there, but you don't want to be there. The power station analogy is you want hot water, but you don't want to sit on a reactor. But the power is there. And it's a common misunderstanding of feng shui that the five is a plague of boils. It's not. It's power. And you have to know what you're doing and using it. And then we come to the south. Also a little bit tricky this year. There's a kind of mischievous energy there that you need to know how to treat. So the general advice would be to not have too many bright lights on in the south, for example, not too much fire energy but it would be tailored really to your house. But just be conscious that the South is probably not an area to spend lots and lots of time in. Don't dig the earth in the South. Don't refurbish or extend in the South. Yeah, uh, unless instance. you have an auspicious date that can help you along. Yep, there are exceptions to everything. Exactly. Yeah. On the other hand, Southwest of people's homes is a very promising area to be. Great advantage. Exactly. Great advantage and a kind of organic change. It's the area of yin earth mother earth energy and growth that's shone a light on this year. There's another implication of that, that it's about women gaining appropriate power Mm. as well. It's gentle strength. Most of the trouble that we're in in the world at the moment is down to decisions made by small groups of men inadequately supervised. (laughs) So come on the women. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This year is a year when broadly women need to say, get out the way, boys, we're going to do it. And this year being the period nine, so the start of 20 years of that women rising. Yes, indeed. All of yeah. that stuff, it starts now. Yeah. A couple of other things. The northeast mm. and the east are pretty helpful as well. Small advantage and great advantage in both of those. So if you want to make it very simple, northeast, east, southwest are the most helpful places. And there are things that you can do to stoke up the energy in the areas that are helpful. Occupying those areas is one of the most powerful things you can do. Facing those Orientations is another powerful thing you can do, but it's also those good places, east, northeast, southwest, places where you might, for instance, put an aquarium, you might put a television, you might put a loudspeaker, you might put things that will stir up the energy. So you want activation. Moving on from feng shui, let's finish with talking about the ruling hexagram from the Book of Changes. Okie dokie. Well, feng shui comes down two lines of descent, if you like. One line of descent from a series of Chinese geniuses who observed that the pattern of energy in a day reflects the pattern of energy in a year. There is a dawn to the year and there is a noon to the year and a a winter to the day. A day moves from the movement of wood first thing in the morning to the stillness and quiet and cold of the end of the day of midnight, but also December. These cycles are very similar. That gives us the procession of animals. The other line of descent comes from Shang and Zhou diviners going back three, 4,000 years. They baked the shells of turtles. What they observed were that there were two sorts of cracks, broken cracks, that is a broken line and an unbroken line. And they found that when they asked questions relating when they did this baking, 
But a broken line would tend to be a no, and an unbroken line would tend to be a yes. And over time, they developed a language of broken and unbroken lines, which over 3,000 years has brought us the hexagrams of the Book of Changes. And there is a particular hexagram for each location, for each orientation, and also for each day, each month, each year. The hexagram for this year is called Kwai, which is otherwise called diversity or perversity, which consists of fire over lake. The diversity, perversity is about all sorts of opportunities being available, but it being about embracing possibilities. It is not about going in straight lines and it's not about continuing with tradition in many ways, whether we're talking about politics, whether we're talking about society. It is a time when certain times of conventions, beliefs, ways of running things are running out of road. And in a year that has this particular hexagram, it's about trying different ways of doing things. Circling back what you were saying, Richard, about trying something different, that is very much the vibe of the dragon as well of this yes. year. The vibe of the yeah. dragon. <laughs> so put away your plans and just give things a go. Yeah. And all of these ideas are informed by this Chinese idea of the Tao, the way, which is about being appropriate, about being in the moment. And the Tao is that moment, perhaps, when you're at a dinner party and you feel like you've got something to say. If you say it too early, it's kind of not appropriate. And if you say it too late, it's lost. And that applies to all forms of actions and behavior, getting exactly the right moment. I mean, if you're talking about music, it's about that note being there rather than there and making a huge difference to the way the harmony of the work of music, the harmony of our lives that's the underlying thought to all of this. Yeah, beautifully said. That's all, folks, for today. We will be continuing this on a monthly cadence. We'll talk about the vibe of each month. And we would love to answer questions that anyone has, either of a technical or personal nature, which we will keep confidential. Please send those in either to my DM, to my Instagram, or by email to Richard. Our contact details are in the notes. If you want to have your Barzi analysed and debriefed, then contact Zoe. She'll also look at your space and tell you what to do with it. For myself, I teach this stuff. So if you want to study from scratch or if you know a little bit, study from wherever you are at the moment to learn how to do Barzi, how to do Feng Shui, how to do Qi Men Dunja, how to do date selection, those kinds of things. That's what I do. I do one-to-one -one via Zoom. But if you want this done for you, you get on to Zoe. Thanks for listening. See you next time. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to hear more to receive our monthly insights and inspiration, click follow on Feng Shui, The Real Thing from wherever you get your podcast. Do also send in your questions. We'd really love you to be part of this podcast. Many thanks for listening. <laughs>